listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's OBHAVE with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rintin, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the O-Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today starred in, my humble opinion, one of the best television comedy series ever produced. Now, are you curious as a cat? Okay, let me unleash a clue by singing, probably terribly, a bit of the show's opening theme song. Come and knock on my door. We've been waiting for you. All right. If you guess Three's Company, congratulations. You win a pseudo car. I'm not Oprah, okay? So just accept that you won. You're pretty cool. And I'm betting now that for the rest of today, you're going to be humming that theme song. You know, take that small world from Disney. We have a better one that'll stick in your head. But more importantly, we're extremely delighted to welcome to our show one of the stars from Three's Company. She played Janet. To Jack Ritter's Jack and Suzanne Summers' Chrissy, let's give a big pause and applause to actress, director, and active do-gooder for the homeless. I'm talking about Joyce DeWitt. Welcome to the show, Joyce. Thank you, Arden. Thank you. <laughs> Having what are you laughing that, for? The show hasn't even started yet. <laughs> <laughs> Having listened to that introduction, I have to say, you should have been a guest star on our show. I know. I've been waiting for you, but you never called. (laughs) Shame on our producers. What were they thinking? I know. That's okay. That's okay. We're here together, and that's all that matters. And listeners, you're all in for a treat. Treat? 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 All right, you dogs, settle down over there. (laughs) Joyce is going to be starring in a Hallmark Channel original movie. It's called My Boyfriend's Dogs, and it's going to set to premiere on Saturday, October 18th at 9 o'clock Eastern and Pacific and 8 p.m. Central on the Hallmark Channel. You're uh, teaming up with Erica Christensen. I love her on the show TV's Parenthood in this new movie. So uh, what do you think about this? She's so wonderful in the role, Arden. She is. Um, she plays the, the lead, and that's Bailey Daly, and she's just marvelous in it. And she works well, so well with all the doggies. I mean, she has such a huge role, and for her to be able to, you know, have that patience and be able to kind of split focus into, you know, dealing with animals on camera, which she does so wonderfully, but she's wonderful in the part. You'll be delighted when you see them, I and she's just a delight. And it's a good, good little movie. It really is. You promise? <laughs> Yes, I promise. It is told, No one will sit down from 9 to 11 and watch this movie and afterwards go, oh, wow, you know, I should have, like, played cards or something. Yeah. No. Painted it, my one toenail. Yeah, okay. Exactly. <laughs> it's definitely, <laughs> you know, worth the time, and especially for animal lovers and dog lovers in particular, because there are three different doggies in it, and they all have major parts. 
and they each are a different breed and each a completely different personality. So, you know, it's just adorable. And um, how she ends up with all these doggies is the story. So There you go. (laughs) We're speaking with Joyce DeWitt. She's going to be starring with Erica Christensen on a new Hallmark show that you all need to watch, and it's called My Boyfriend's Dogs. We're going to learn a little bit more and catch up with Joyce after we pay for this show by taking a commercial break. So you guys (laughs) know the drill. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All behave. We'll be right back. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. My guest, Joyce DeWitt, has a case of the giggles. You know, when you put two Hoosier-born chicks together and give them a microphone, I think this is what happens. What do you think, Joyce? I think you're killing me. I think you're making me laugh till my side hurts. And as I said, you know, earlier on the show, God, we should have had you as a guest star. (laughs) Well, it is what it is. No caffeine in me today. Just want to let you know. And I live in San Diego area, so we're both on the same coast time, I think, right now. You know, you did make me laugh in Three's Company, and you had a powerful cast with John Ritter and Suzanne Summers. And talk about perfect casting, because you wanted to root for each one of, of you guys in the show, and it lasted. My gosh, ready for this? I did my math. 172 episodes? That's awesome. Yeah, and so, you know, 35, 40 years. I mean, it's, you know, it's been in 33 countries. It, people still stop me on the street and go, I saw you last night. Little, little, little. So um, we were very lucky that people took to it and got the fun that we were trying to create and got in the game and played with us and laughed and that they still want to. I mean, you know, as an actor, if you could do something that creates laughter, that creates joy, that's a great gift and an opportunity in your career. But if you do it and 30, 40 years later, it's still causing laughter and joy. That's a fantasy you can't even make up. That's well, like, you, oh, you thank you, God. Sure. Yeah. You said, make sure. I used to be a newspaper reporter. So my thing is, if your mother tells you she loves you, I say, check it out. So I want to check if this quote is an attribution from you. Apparently, you once said that you were a big fan of what Shirley MacLaine said that said she didn't want to be a big star. She wanted to be a long star. And that's what you want, too. Is that correct? You know, that actually is. That's from a very long time ago that I had been asked a question that caused that answer. But it's true. I never, it's not my nature to need to be the center of attention or whatever. As a person, I'm kind of a hermit. In my work, I'm quite happy for everyone to sit down and shut up and pay attention to what I'm doing because (laughs) that's the way in which I can give about what I came in to give in this lifetime. That's that's the gift that I have to offer. Um, but as a person, I'm happy to kind of go out the back door. I mean, long before I was famous. I mean, I'd be use a side door, but there was one. So <laughs> I don't require a lot of attention as a person, but I love my work. I love that exchange of my heart 
speaking to the hearts of the audience. So I would very much be grateful if I could work my entire life. It is certainly my intention. And here I am at 65 and still having a wonderful career of opportunities. So I might get to work till I'm 105 and I finally drop over. We don't know. <laughs> well, you know, you got a good role model. You look at it, Betty White, she's been on our show and mm. she's got more work than three 30-year-old actresses. I know, and she's so marvelous. I mean, she's just so marvelous. I'm trying to think of the name of the book that she wrote, because if your audience hasn't read it, it's kind of a one-pager. You read a page, and you don't have to read a chapter. It's hysterical in 30 seconds. Oh, Betty, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? I should probably have not brought it up if I didn't know exactly. There it is. There it is. What is it? It's Betty White, If You Ask Me, and of course you won't. (laughs) <laughs> but the title that you asked, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, you can read like two, three pages at a time because it's, it's that kind of book. It's not big chapters, but it's so Betty and it's yeah. so worth reading. <laughs> it's fun, fun, fun. Well, I have a birthday in October and we were doing the American Hero Dog Awards and she was on the red carpet. So I was taping for Pet Life Radio and best birthday ever, Joyce. I got a birthday hug on the red carpet from Betty White. Oh, man. I would have loved to have been there. Oh, she was great. She's even taller than me. You're an inch taller than me. Everybody's taller than me. You're teeny tiny. I am teeny tiny, but I have a very tall phone voice. So that's all (laughs) that really matters, I think. But you you know what? (laughs) My roommate in college, by the way, was four foot 11. And she didn't get married until she was 30 years old. And her husband, to be at the moment, had an 11 year old son. And so the three of them stood up there together, Julie at four foot 11, the husband, her almost husband, and his son. And her 11 year old, soon to be son, was taller than she was. Wow. (laughs) I bet she has a tall phone voice, too. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, she's got one of these kind of voices. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh, Stevie Nicks, like, yeah, there you go. There yeah, you go. Yeah, now, yeah. the other thing that I was sniffing around a little bit about you, and I thought this was interesting. I'm an ex-newspaper reporter. Sorry, you can't take that out of me. But you actually were kind of working as a legal secretary or something. You moved out to California. And in 24 hours, you had to pick a comedy pilot. And one of them was... No, three that's company. really... It's mostly correct, but it's not correct. Okay, um, let's, let's clear like the, the airways. I was headed to New York as a stage actress. I started on the stage when I was 13. Never even thought about going to Hollywood. Had no interest in going. Never thought about it. I loved the theater. That was my life. Right after I graduated from, did my undergraduate, which is a degree that I got with a double area because my um, departmental in theater, educational, English, literature, and linguistics, because my dad's world, the only thing a woman could do out of the house, a girl, his daughter, you could be like a nun or a teacher. Otherwise, he would give you to the husband who would then protect and take care of you as he did. So I got a teaching degree to give my dad before I left to go do this thing that was going to kill him. <laughs> Which was and you went to Ball State. Yeah, Terre Haute, yeah, Terre Haute. Yeah, right, Terre Haute. Right. yeah, you know Indiana. Yeah, Butler's right there, but it's Ball State. I went to So Purdue. after I finished, oh, yeah. when I got my undergraduate, I went to Chicago, did a summer stock season. The guest director was one of the primary people at the Department of Theater at UCLA. He kept doing the hard sell, come out there and do MFA, get the MFA degree. And I'm like, no, I don't care about going to school. I'm going to New York. La, 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 la. All my friends <laughs> for going to New York fall through. I call him and say, okay, I'll come out for a quarter and then I'll go to New York. And in the interim of when this, that quarter would start, I got this part uh, job at a legal office as a receptionist. Somebody got fired a minute and a half later. They bounced me up to legal secretary. I'm trying to learn how to do this on the job. 
But what happened was in that accidental whatever, as my life is changing, I became a completely skilled legal secretary. Went out to California, what I thought was going to be three to six months, and then go to New York and got a part-time job in Beverly Hills in a law office because I was completely skilled. And I literally put myself through graduate school working 15 hours a week because legal secretaries are very well paid. Nice. So it was like the gift to the Magi. After I finish, it ends up I stayed because it was such an exquisite opportunity for me as a an individual. L.A. in the early 70s was a land of personal freedom. I was a little girl from my father's house who now owned herself for the first yep. time in her life. So life unfolded, and I happened to get a degree while that was happening. And then I thought, well, I'll go to New York. Something doesn't happen here in six weeks because I'm here. What? I'll go on. Well, I get like a little... Charmin commercial, or I get like, you know, a little this or a little three lines on something. So boom, 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 boom. And there are five or six things that lead one to the next to the next three's company. And what happened was ABC saw my uh, work in um, the series Beretta and thought I was good, but wanted comedy. Then when I auditioned for the Fonz girlfriend, they saw that audition and they offered me a lot of money not to work for another network until they found me a show. And that. Really? Oh my yeah. gosh! Now that's an honor. That is pretty. That's, that was that's exquisite. The, yes, that was exquisite. Yes. What was it like? So that's the, it, the honey. So see the, girlfriend. On well, Happy they Days. were going to spin. They had thought to spin the spawns off into his own show, and so they were going to have a guest spot of a girlfriend to you know see how that went, and then they would both be then in his spinoff. But for whatever reasons, I don't know if Henry didn't want to do it ultimately, or if they didn't find the right person. Who knows? But I didn't get the part. I got something way better. I got the path straight to Three's Company. Yeah, so let's set you up. You're there, and you and John Ritter and Suzanne Summers, you're the team. Sorry, yes, but with Audra Lindley and Norma Phillips. Well. Yes, that's right. We can't forget them, the uh, landlords. Yes. They were awesome. But what was they it like were. that first season? Because it just took off. I mean, you guys just it took did. off like a rocket. It did, but you see, when we were shooting the first season, it hasn't been aired yet. So we're just, you know, the young kids, like, trying to do a good job. And as actors and producers, writers, director, we were trying to do a contemporary version of a 16th century farce, like a Fado farce. And there are very specific elements in farce comedy, in classical farce, innuendo, door slamming, misconceptions, misunderstanding, sexual innuendo, confusion constantly, and a lot of humor. And so we were trying to take those elements and do a modern version. So that's what we were doing. We were trying, trying to make it a, yes, actually, considering what, you know, the show that we were doing, but that's what farce comedy is. It's very technically complicated, but you have to do it like you're shot out of a cannon and you don't stop until it's over. And it is that thrust that brings the audience along, you know, in constant sense of laughter and fun and silliness, you know. So it's, I mean, it's really, it really is a very high kind of comedy to do, even though it looks silly and, you know, dumb. So that's what we were trying to do. That's why it's lasted, don't you think? I mean, this is a tribute to your writers, too. But you've brought out something that I never really thought of because I thought it was, it wasn't a zany comedy. I loved it. There was a lot of physical comedy to it, but the innuendos, but you just nailed it. I had no idea. There's a term for it, classical farce. Yes, yes. And the physical comedy belongs in there as well. And, of course, we had the amazing Jonathan, our darling John Ritter, um, you know, oh, who uh, it doesn't get better than him um, for physical comedy. And, and you're right, we had amazing writers. Um, what did you like that, best about playing Janet? And what was something that was more challenging for you? Because you were supposed to be kind of sensible. But I think one of the episodes, you even got a hangover, didn't you? Yes, 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 yes. Um, 
And you know, cause she, and she really, she was easy for me to provide, to create actually, because you know, when you start a new series, that you have a script. Um, unless a series is being designed for you. If it's being created for you, that's a very different thing. But if you're stepping into something that's been put together, then basically in the first episode, you know that she gets upset if the rent money's late. And that's all you know. So you have to build a human being out of yourself, really. And then you keep contouring your set, that character into what is more and more true for the character as you get more information as the episodes unfold. As I say, unless you know it's being designed for you. So, but she was not difficult for me in the sense that I am nuts and I'm also extremely pragmatic and smart. So, yeah, I have like this dual personality in one body. I'm a crazy person in my own way. But, and if you were in a lifeboat, you'd like it if I was in there with you. Promise? And both things are true. You promise? (laughs) When I need to have my shit together, oh, forgive me, I do. Basically, you know, when everybody else panics, Uh I will not. I will drop down into calm, cool, and collected, and I will get us all out of the building before it comes down. But that's, you know, on the other hand, if I'm not pushed to be a grown-up, my natural bent is not to be. Good. You know what, though? Yeah, so it's good to always keep the childlike in you. You don't have to be childish. You can be childlike, and I think there's a difference, don't you? I do, too. I do, too. And that part of Janet, you know, that was funny, you know, in terms of in the character, the structure of the play, she could go both ways, you know, while she mm-hmm. was nailing down the practicality of the minute, because that was her job within that structure, I could also be funny. I could do yeah. physical bits with John. And you asked me what would be my fondest memory, or I'm not sure how you yes. put it. I mean, the whole thing, but right. to be absolutely narrow it down to one thing it would be any time that John and I were given camera time together because the first moment that we met we worked together kinesthetically we almost didn't have to talk to know what the other person was going to do we could feel it so wow it's an enormous gift and it happened the first day that we were together and the second thing would probably be the great gift of uh-huh. the producers decided that it would be Janet's job to deal with Mr. Furley most of the time so that <laughs> okay. I got to have lots of on-time work time on camera with Don. So that, yes. you know, and that was, I mean... Well, pretty, you had a great you know. cast. I mean, you know, everyone stepped up, don't you think? Yes. We had a great cast. We had an incredible crew. Dave Powers, our director, was the best director in tape television at the time. We had fabulous writers. We were very lucky. Everything came together, and that, that you can take. I'm sure you've seen movies that great film. You know, I mean, great combination of actors, wonderful director, la 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 la, and the film just doesn't work. It's just not good. Right. So yeah. if you can put together really great ingredients and come out with a mediocre piece, we got lucky. We were well. Together. You guys stitched a comedy quilt together that will last for the ages. And I oh, think that's, that's such a cool about, thing to say. It's such a cool thing to say. Thank you. And I actually Thanks. meant it. So that's even oh. better. <laughs> <laughs> hey, folks, we're, list- we're speaking with the delightful Joyce DeWitt. Yep, from Three's Company, but she's done a lot. We're going to catch up and zip up a few decades, and we're also going to talk about her upcoming movie she's going to be in. It's called My Boyfriend's Dogs, and it's airing on the Hallmark Channel on October 18th, and it also stars that attorney, Julia Braverman, from Parenthood, and I'm talking, of course, about the one and only Erica Christensen. So let's take a quick break. Let's all sit, stay, and we'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. 
Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter, available on iTunes. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, this is Betty White, and I'm inviting you to tune in to the Behave Show with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper, and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Behave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore, and there's another Hoosier in the house. Yep, I'm from Crown Point. She's from Speedway, Indiana. Our paths have taken a little bit of a different path, but we know about Skinny Fries and the Indianapolis 500, and we know mm-hmm. that Hoosier. I think the whole thing was, weren't we kind of dumb in colonial times or when it was being settled, and if somebody knocked on the door, we were supposed to say, who's there? And if it <laughs> sounded know. like an Indian, we didn't answer the door. Like, really? They got a tomahawk. They're coming through anyway. <laughs> I never could understand why we're called Hoosiers. Do you know why? You know, I never knew that story. I knew it had to do with something with Hoosier there, who's yeah. But I didn't actually know how that was placed. So that's the first time I've heard that. <laughs> well, that's what well, my daddy told me that. And I believed my daddy. My daddy said that the Indians, when they were settling, the, when the people uh-huh. were settling, they uh-huh. would ask if somebody knocked on their log cabin door, who's there? Uh-huh. Seriously? And if they didn't answer, they wouldn't. How are you going to stop a, a, a pack of Indians with hatchets and arrows? I don't know. But that's why years later, I probably became a reporter because my dad kept telling me all these tales. And I finally said, Dad, I mean no disrespect, but did you really go to college with Hugh Hefner and blah, 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 and all this? And he made me, he went up in the attic and he got the old yearbooks from the University uh-huh. of Illinois and he had to prove it to me. And my one <laughs> daily newspaper editor hired me on the spot when I told that story because he said, if you tested your own family and you wanted evidence, I want you. <laughs> Yeah, that's integrity. That's that is. Now know, I've gone to the is. dogs, you know, so yeah. that's all right. Yeah. Speaking of, do you have any pets? Do you have any? I don't at the moment. My precious old doggy, Coconut, went to doggy heaven, and I haven't um, quite. Interestingly enough, Erica's character in the film, when it first starts out, is in the same sort of situation. She has recently lost her main squeeze, her beagle, and he's gone to doggy heaven. And she's not quite prepared to go out and get a new doggy yet and um, have a new you know, best friend. And that's sort of the uh, place that I'm in. Plus, I, I travel so very much yes. that I am way and balancing the appropriateness of having my best friend with four legs, you know, be, you know, not have me all the time. And the ingredient in that that kind of has really put me on pause is that my very best male friend, my best guy friend here in Santa Fe, he moved back to be around his family and near his family in Philadelphia. And so if he were still here, and this just all just sort of happened, my doggy would go there when I was gone and I would know that, that you know, it would difference. be, yes, because I didn't know it would have the same excellent parent who cared as much and took care of, because, you know, you can't leave your best friend with just anybody. No, I have a furry fab four and uh, two dogs, <laughs> two cats, one dog, 12 pounds surfs, I kid you not. Oh my and, land. And I just added one to the mix, uh, a little kitten named Casey, so... Oh. My dog, Chipper, is a pet first aid dog. I teach pet first aid. So I'm not oh, all about wow. jokes. I'm a behaviorist, too. So I've written 26 pet books. But my team helps me. Wow. And I know when I'm traveling, I need to make sure they're in good paws, if you will. <laughs> so I mm-hmm. respect that you said that. And I got to tell you, I was looking around. Did you know that there was a dog that got adopted, a shepherd mix, for a pet finder named Joyce DeWitt? No. 
Yes, you better no, go on like cutie not. pie, cutie pie. So someone Aww. named a dog after you. Isn't that the ultimate compliment? It is very cool. It's very cool. So I you got to like go it. after the show. You do Joyce DeWitt and Adopted Dog, and you're going to see your namesake. You're, you're oh, the one honey, you. thank you, Arden. Well, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's why doing this movie, aside from the fact that doing the movie was such a fabulous experience, great director, great crew, makeup and hair women, I adore, great wardrobe mistress, incredible cast. I mean, it was just a perfect experience. Hallmark Channel is such a great organization to work for. But this film, um, My Boyfriend's Dogs, is a part of Hallmark Evergreen. Yeah, thank you, yeah. It's a big yeah. special deal. It's part of the pet It project, is. It's right? a part of Hallmark's Evergreen Initiative to help homeless animals find forever homes. Nice. Um, so, you know, it, aside from on the professional level, it was perfect. I mean, it was a wonderful part. And, I, oh, my God, I worked with such great people, you know, like Erica and the guy who played my husband, Michael Kopsa. But at the same time, it was also this part of some bigger, something one might yes. give themselves to contribute to and to help, you know, homeless animals find what they are calling a forever home. I mean, that was like so cool. Once I read this, you, once let, I knew that was a, it. Yeah, let's give a little brief synopsis because we don't want to give the plot away, but you play this very sympathetic waitress named Nikki and you've got a long love of your life and the, a character of Louie, your husband. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you've got Erica Christensen playing Bailey and she's mm-hmm. kind of like uh, Julia Roberts, Runaway Bride or something. Somehow she gets her ex-boyfriend's dogs. So, I mean, bring up the plot. Basically. Somehow she, well, somehow the char- Erica's character ends up with these three doggies. And um, that does have to do with being in relationship with fellows and learning something about who's right for you in that, which is this kind of cool undercurrent. It really shows, you know, we can get into relationships that aren't right for us and our friends can see it, but we can't see it. And so that's, you know, kind of going on there and it has something to do with how she ends up with these doggies. I'm not trying to tell everything. And then she ends up in my husband and my diner and in this most extraordinary circumstance, which in the beginning of the movie, you will see the extraordinary circumstance. And then she tells her story about how she ended up here with these doggies in our diner in this circumstance. And so that is the unfoldment as she is telling us her story. There are flashbacks to showing it and therefore she is telling the audience. So it's charming and it's very well written. It's an utter pleasure. The dogs are amazingly darling and they're good because, you know, when you have multiple dogs in a scene, they each have their own trainer. So yep. you've got these three doggies with three trainers. When in, when the close up, when you turn the camera around and the close up is their close up, these animals are having to pay attention to their specific trainer when there's another dog and another trainer six, eight, ten inches away from them. So wow. it's very complicated, and and they were so sweet and so wonderful, but also <laughs> very talented. They were good actors. <laughs> they had you at woof. They had you yeah, they did. Now, you um, being issues like helping the homeless, not just the four-legged, but you've kind of uh, been quietly powerful in the background in some regards. I know you've done some directing and acting on stage and things like that. It seems like you're coming back to that, but you've been really near and dear to helping people that are dealing with hunger issues and the homeless, and you even got to go to the White House once, I understand. Yes, yes, I did. I hosted uh, an award ceremony there. For me, I think when you become well-known and then you have the opportunity for people to invite you to support circumstances because that celebrity can be used to get attention for the issue. Everybody wants you to. And for me, I, I found in order to do it in integrity and really bring myself to it fully, I had to decide where I was going to put my energy and issues of shelters for women, battered women and their children and 
hunger and homelessness became the ones that were a natural fit for me and the ones that would haunt me larger than the others, even though anything, any person or animal in need will haunt me. But I had to make choices, and that's where I put my focus. And in part, because nobody should ever be hit, so it's easy for the battered women and their children, shelter thing, that's a no-brainer. And in terms of homelessness, for me, it's also a no-brainer because before you can help people learn a skill or believe in themselves again or feel at all safe enough in the world even to have a conversation, they can't go to bed hungry at night and they can't sleep on the street. Well, I salute you for that because you're very articulate, but you can feel the passion and it's genuine and you're doing something. And so from one Hoosier to another, I'm a fan of you, Joyce. I just, I know that would just make your day. You're probably going to write in your diary, dear diary, Arden likes me. She thinks I'm okay. I know. Listen, you are such a delight. I mean, (laughs) honestly, your whole personality, your whole persona, and the fact that you're so comedically talented. It's rare to do an interview and have as much fun as I've had on this one. They usually end up being a pleasure unless, you know, maybe once or twice in my life I've had people like, you know, just be like negative and that's hard. But I really had a bad day and you're just the timing of it. Yeah. Well, my feeling is that you're just in the house and I want you to make it. This show has been fun to do, and I I try very hard to make every guest feel like a guest if they were at my house. And and so we do a lot of homework before, and I think that's probably why. But I just felt really comfortable with you. Does that make sense? And because I felt comfortable with you, but, you know, you set that up. You created the ambiance, and I just had the good sense to get inside the energy you were giving. (laughs) So, I mean, truly, you set it up. I mean, when you were doing the intro, I was, like, having to keep from laughing too loud because I didn't know if my mic was on. (laughs) Oh, it was. But anyway, folks, so at this time, everybody, I want you to tune in October 18th, Hallmark Channel. The movie is called My Boyfriend's Dog. And it is part of Hallmark's. Oh, this is great. There's dogs barking outside. See? Here comes I know, Chipper. Chipper. Come on, Chipper. You want to hear the show? You want to see the movie? Yeah. My husky golden retriever is giving you paws up. What do you think of that? All right, then. Chipper says, yeah, I dig Joyce. She's all right. But seriously, folks, this movie premiere, My Boyfriend's Dogs, Hallmark mm-hmm. Channel original movie, October 18th is part of Hallmark's Pet Project. It's their initiative to help homeless pets find their forever home. So not only are you going to have a great movie, it's got a great cause for it too. So lasso all your friends. we got to tune in October 18th. And until next time, I want to give a big shout out to Joyce DeWitt for being a very, very special guest on our show. Thank you, Joyce, for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Arden. It was a delight. It was indeed. Thank and I, you. And I also want to give a shout out to my producer, Mark Winner. He makes this show happen each and every week. So until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's all behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.